The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet that we think fix the audio issues from yesterday. I know you'll let me know in the comments because that is what you're good for. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you'll see us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Uh, I am sitting here again. Uh, Max is out until he'll be back Thursday. He's still in New Orleans. Uh, But he did uh, help me through some audio issues, I think. I think we're doing good. But I'm not sitting here alone. No, no, no. You don't have to tolerate that nonsense. Instead, we are pleased to be joined by the Texas High School Football Insider of Record in the state of Texas and our own Matt Stepp. Hello, Matthew. What's up, sir? How are you? Uh, it is so good to see you. We're just, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Yes, um, I'm on lunch break. You're on your lunch break from your big boy job. Yes. Yes. I've got to tell you, um, I don't know, the, the number of times that I've seen you clean shaven mm. is, it's pretty rare. Cause it you, is rare. You, you rock the, the scruff. Yeah. Mrs. Step enjoys the scruff. Yeah, well, and that's, listen, as long as Mrs. Step is happy, then everyone, we had, we had Shahan Jayaraja in here yesterday, and he was, um... And he and, and we kind of solicited some marriage advice for him. Yes. Um, if if your wife likes facial hair, guess Keep what? It. You're getting facial hair. Yeah, yeah. I don't shave often, uh, but since my wife is in Canada, and I'm not going to see her for another. Mm, I'll see her Easter weekend. I'm going up there okay. for Easter weekend. So there's time. It, it, this will be gone, grown back in like, you know, three four days. Yeah. So you know, so, I just decided to for a day or two just to go with the clean shaven look just uh, to just to mix it up a little bit. Let me get bit. this out of the way. Let me pull my notes. Today is oh my gosh. I got a new computer yesterday so it's really throwing me out. Uh today is Tuesday, uh March 12, 2019, 261 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 723. 723 Jonathan Lucroy's OPS in his Leicester's Texas Rangers career. Okay. So, on today's show, I'm we a, Sorry, Greg. I was going to say 773, oh. the number of fans that will be at the first Rangers Orioles game this year. I'm glad you brought that up because so both of you you and I uh, spare, uh share a special bond. Uh and that special bond is that we root for terrible baseball teams. Right now they are both terrible, yes. Yes. Uh, couple, a few years ago it was great. We were both uh riding high. Both pretty decent. Yeah, yeah last year or a yeah. couple of years ago. Uh but the Rangers are going to be terrible. The the Orioles are going to be terrible. I have to tell oh, you. Boy. So I'm I I share some season tickets with like eight. I just have a share of some season tickets for Rangers. So I get about nine games. And last night was the draft, and my like eighth or ninth pick of the draft, I got one of the Orioles games. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, that's going to be one of the saddest. Like we were talking about how that was going to like there's going to be a game in like a Tuesday night that's like rangers and orioles tuesday in july and it's like a hundred and oh it's gonna be so miserable in uh at that game but i will be there uh abandoning my wife and child to go watch bad i will uh attention to all texas football today viewers if you have rangers orioles tickets that you want to unload matt.step at (laughs) texasfootball.com i will sadly i will be there and i will be sad but it's okay uh by the way did you let me just throw this out there 
I always thought there was something up with Aunt Becky on Full House. Have you been online today? I did hear about the uh, the the scheme to get yes. the. I needed somebody to like do my admissions exam, so I kind of got into a good school. Yeah, I would have liked to have gone to Rice. So Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin are two of the people caught up in this scheme that is probably going to take down like Texas's tennis coach and also Stanford's sailing coach. Look, sailing's big at Stanford. I have no doubt it is, but that yeah. doesn't mean that we need to be celebrating it. But yes, if you haven't heard, uh, they're in big trouble because they've like bribed people to get their kids yeah. like athletic scholarships. Um, it sounds like football with other things, though. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> Listen. Um, Trainer. Yeah. I've just got to tell you, though, this is the funniest scandal in the last 10 years or so. This is really funny. It's odd. It's a really odd thing. But so. it's like, you know, it's not something that we like. we necessarily didn't see coming. It's like, oh, wait, you're telling me rich people are getting their kids into schools that they Shocking. probably wouldn't qualify for? I'm shocked, right? Yeah. So they'll, they'll talk about that on Texas Sailing today. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the that would be the worst show Such a ever. Niche show. Uh, right? Be like, oh, Texas Sailing. Be like, oh, <laughs> like the whole first five minutes of the show would just be like the lake levels at like uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Lake Levon lake, lake levels. Even. <laughs> Looking great today, Greg. Uh, we've got our Gun Barrel City correspondent mm. out there on Cedar Creek Lake. Uh, anyway, uh, on today's show, guys, we are going to uh, back half the show. We're going to go through step did uh, about a month ago. You did our, you finished up your your um, top ten, 10 games. best games of 2018. I saw some good games this year. Yes, uh, we will we will get into that uh, and then. But first and foremost, uh, the reason you're here and the reason people turn to you. Uh, is that you are... My love life opinions? No. No. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm, I'm sorry. No one wants my marriage advice? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Sean, we can bring him in. Anyway, um, but what people want from you is Texas high school football coaching news. You mm. are you are the woge of Texas high school football. Thank you. I appreciate you're, that. It's a compliment. You're breaking, you're breaking the news better than anybody else. And so uh, I do know that there was one that came down today. Yes. Uh, Wichita Falls Hershey has made it higher. Yeah, Wichita Falls ISD is like the only school district in the state that's not on spring break right now. There's, there's a few, but I mean mm-hmm. 90, 95% of the state's on spring break right now. So yeah. there's not a lot going on, guys. Sorry. Uh, but Wichita Falls is not, and they uh, made their hire this morning. Well, they officially—I think they made the call this morning. But they—they—they're um, hiring tonight at the school board meeting. They are hiring uh, Louisville defensive coordinator Antonio Wiley. Who, mm-hmm. uh, if you recall, uh, I think I did tweet out, and I think I put it in uh, the, this week in Texas fo- Texas high school football last week. Yeah, that I expected a DFW coordinator to get the job, and there were three <laughs> that were in the mix, and maybe on uh, the next step and step, I'll. Really the so other two, the other, well, subscribe. because because the way that you had kind of described it, I believe on Teppen Step was that they were going to go for a young, energetic uh, assistant, and Antonio Wiley certainly fits that. Yes, uh, he he checks all the boxes. He uh, before he went to Louisville to be a coordinator, I believe he was a secondary coach at Lake Travis. May have to, uh, I know he's at Lake Travis. I don't, I don't know when he left, but mm-hmm. maybe ask our friend Jay Plotkin in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he spent some time at Lake Travis, so he's been at a at a great title-winning program, mm-hmm. uh, got a, got promoted and got a coordinator gig at Louisville. And Louisville's defense this year was really good. Yes. I saw them in person. They were fun to watch. Um, they were Louisville went 9-3 and three this year, I believe, second round of the playoffs. Really had a great turnaround year under uh, Michael Odell. And that defense, coordinated by Antonio Wiley, was a huge reason 
for that turnaround. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, he, I knew he was definitely a, a strong candidate. And, you know, it helps. He's got a son who can play. Yes, that's, uh, that's certainly that's, that's worth mentioning, too. son's a too. sophomore defensive back, started this year at Lewis. He starts at a 6A school as a sophomore and yeah. was all-district, I believe. The only sophomore who was named all-district the, in the secondary. And now he's going to add to the Hershey team. Now, granted, Hershey – Hershey's lost a, a really good senior class. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost our funky president, mm-hmm. uh, some other good players, but but there's still a lot of young talent in Wichita Falls, and, and I think uh, I think Coach Wiley is really walking into a situation w- where I think they can win right off the bat. And I, a couple other guys that were in the mix on this job, I, when I, when I talked to those guys on the phone about the job, I said, look, there's a there are a lot worse first jobs you can get than Wichita Falls Hershey. I mean, most guys their first jobs are taking oh yeah straight rebuilds. Where I think Hershey, you can win from day one, and I think Coach Young's got the program in the right direction. The community's excited, and I think this is now taking it to that next level. We've got all the uh, coaching changes up at TexasFootball.com if you want to see them. Other ones that came down recently that I, I want to get your take on: uh, Magnolia made a hire, um, yes. Sterling Doty, uh, of course, left uh, to take over as alma mater, Stephenville, which we we kind of hinted that, hinted around of that uh, mm-hmm. before that happened, and and then uh, so they are going up to uh, Central Texas. And grabbing Temple offensive coordinator Craig Martin off of the Wildcat staff. That Mike Spradlin tree yeah. uh, and Magnolia ISD is, is is those roots are starting to get pretty deep. Because mm-hmm. when you think about it, actually Sterling Doty beat Spradlin to Magnolia. Ster- Sterling Doty, Doty went to Magnolia a year early before Spradlin got the AD job. Yeah, people don't realize Sterling Doty worked with Spradlin at Abilene Cooper, so he had ties to Spradlin as well, even though he wasn't a Spradlin hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when Spradlin got the AD job, he brings in J.D. Berna, his defensive coordinator at Temple, to be the head coach at Magnolia West. And so those three stayed at Magnolia for a few years, and then when Spradlin left to take the Rockwall Heath job, that opens up the Magnolia um, AD, Magnolia ISD AD job. J.D. Berna gets promoted to the uh, AD role. Um, so then he um, hires – he stays in-house and hires uh, Blake Joseph mm-hmm. um, as his offensive coordinator to be the head coach. And then Berna goes back to Temple uh, to bring in um, their next head coach. So, uh, you know, this is kind of one of those things. It's definitely a, uh, uh, a Temple-Magnolia pipeline for sure. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, this is Berna's first hire as the AD. Well, first outside hire as the AD. So it's going to be scrutinized a little bit. And so uh, we'll see how it goes. But, I mean, there's a lot worse programs you can have a pipeline to than Temple. That's a great – if you're going to have a pipeline, that's a great staff and community to have a pipeline to. Coming down yesterday, um, uh, Marble Falls has come open. Um, You had kind of hinted to me that there there was a a, a job coming open in Central Texas – um, is is this what you were you were referring to? Yes, yeah. Okay. So, um, Bird, Coach Birdwell, uh, you know, I think his contract was was out up at the end of the year, and so mm-hmm. I, I just think it was one of those deals where they weren't going to renew him. And uh, I think the district and him just, you know, more than likely probably disagreed to kind of go their separate ways, and that way Marble Falls can move on and he can move on. So, you know. Marble Falls, I mean, he did a decent – they were 5-5 five and five this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marble Falls is not – it's a beautiful place. Sure. Great place to live. Blue yeah. Bonnet Cafe, let's, let's <laughs> do it, right? But as far as, like, winning football games, it's, it's, it's been a tough it's go. It's been tough. So it's, it's not um, the easiest place to win at. So um, I don't know what the expectations are at Marble Falls. I don't know, I don't know really what – you know, there's, there's, there's certain programs that have a ceiling. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be honest, right? We're realistic here. Not a, there's – very small number of programs who are going to be state title contenders. There's a small number who are going to be regional title contenders. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what Marble Falls' ceiling is. It is it's just, they've never really won. So 
um, not recently at least. So it'll be interesting to see who they bring in and what the expectation level is for the, from the administration there. The other shoe dropped on what I thought was a bit of a – this was a bit of a um, uh, out-of-left-field one back in um, – I guess this was probably a couple weeks ago when Jail Geist left Fort Bend, uh, Fort Bend Dulles. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of surprised me. They've made their hire. They, they promote Shane Bird uh, to be there uh, from yeah. the offensive coordinator position. They were pretty happy with – Dulles had a good yeah. year last year. I think they were 8-3, and three, um, had, a, had a really good year. So, um, you know – I think Geist, and I don't know this for sure, but I, I think he's got ties to San Antonio Austin. Okay, I mean, he's got a five one two cell phone number, so I mean, <laughs> he's probably been around that area somehow. So, uh, uh, and and then sorry, finally, Geist, I'm not going to give your whole phone number. Up, but he's got a five one two area. Finally, so. uh, to uh, file under the "you can go home again" uh, category, two guys who are going back to their alma maters, a uh, Collinsville. Uh, has hired Van Alstine offensive coordinator Garrett Patterson mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to take over for for Dale West, who uh, who steps aside um, after uh, to, know, to, to go over to Bell's, mm-hmm. uh, and then also uh, Midland Greenwood has hired an alum. Uh, Jared Sanderson uh, left after two years uh, to take a job outside of education, uh, and now Greenwood alum uh, Randy Purser, uh, the Rusty Purser, Rusty, Rusty Purser, yes, uh, uh, Rusty. That's a West Texas name, right? That, there. Rusty, Rusty Purser. Yeah. Uh, but uh, two guys uh, returning to their alma mater. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Coach Patterson, you know, have, he's d- done a good job at Van Alstein. I think last year was a little disappointing losing in the first round of the playoffs, but they've had uh, a really explosive offense. So I know he uh, talked to him on Twitter a little bit. He was uh, super excited. Uh, obviously, first head coaching job, but he's, he's going home and uh, doesn't have to move. That's mm-hmm. one thing people don't realize is a lot of times coaches got to pick up and move and live in a field house for a few weeks until they hmm. can move the family over. So he's – just had a short commute over to Collinsville. Yep. Not too bad. So he was pretty happy about that. Uh, Purser, Purser's dad, Bob Purser, was the head coach at Midland Greenwood for a long, long time. I know he took Greenwood to a state title game in 2002 mm-hmm. and lost to Bandera in, that, in the 3A Division II title game back then. You're but, a uh, psychopath. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> there's, it's, it's a sickness, guys. Sorry. Uh, I don't have a computer or anything in front of me. No. So, uh but yeah, so and I, th- I think no, he really doesn't. By the way, <laughs> here's the wide shot. Yeah. He does not have a computer in front of him. Yeah. So uh, I do believe uh, the uh, the stadium at Green or the field is named after Bob Purser as well. So Rusty Purser is a Greenwood alum. Uh, he's got head coaching experience. I mean, he's been uh, he was at Borger and then mm-hmm. spent seven last seven years at Taylor. So I think it's a good fit. Purser, Rusty Purser knows what the what the ex- expectations are at Greenwood and. They've been pretty good. Sanderson's leaving that program in good shape. What I'm interested to see is Sanderson had a really good staff at Greenwood. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested if Purser, how many of those guys he retains, because that could really throw some things off, especially in the first year or so, as far as just the continuity on the coaching staff. Um, so you can find all coaching changes at TexasFootball.com. Matt Steps on top of it. But, of course, follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Step 817 for, um, for all the latest news and, and notes from around the, the coaching carousel. Random, uh, random other tweets from – other things. And random other Orioles-related tweets. Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal. Arsenal-related tweets. Good, it was a good Sunday for the Gunners. Um, so if you want to get the, that in your life, follow them on Twitter at Matt underscore Step 817. Before we move on, I do want to give a shout-out um, to um, – so we – right now we're getting a lot of questionnaires in from coaches. If you don't know, the way that we get a lot of the information for the high school section, at least the, the, the nitty-gritty information, um, is we send a questionnaire to every coach in the state. Um, and so one of my jobs as managing editor is tracking down 1,400-plus questionnaires from coaches. Godspeed. Uh, it's a lot. Uh, but 
Point is, about 80-ish percent of them turn it in online. We have an online form for coaches to fill out, mm-hmm. a lot of them. But there's still 20% of coaches that want to, they're old school. Yeah, and some of these guys, your English teachers would be very disappointed in you. Your penmanship is terrible. And that's what I want to get to. Because a shout-out to Lano coach Matt Green. I tweeted this uh, at Tepper uh, th- some of the finest penmanship I have seen. Really? His English teacher would be very pleased. It is really good. And so I, my wife, I, my, I have chicken scratch. I do not. I, this is Oh, your wife would appreciate it because she's an elementary school teacher. Exactly. My wife is a, is a, is a fifth grade teacher, and she has, she has teacher handwriting. And you know exactly what I mean when I say teacher handwriting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's got really good handwriting. And so I'm going to show that to her tomorrow. Um, need her take. We need we need we need uh, Tepweiss take on Coach Green's yeah, questionnaire. That would be. By the way, did you see the uh, you saw on Twitter right with the, the Lano uh, track meet spread? No, they were, they were teasing me. They were taking pictures of the grill and all the food on the grill and saying, "Oh, Matt Steps, you should be covering track." Yeah, they were. It was not fun. No, it was apparently uh, the Lano track meet is famous for their uh, their food. So. Uh, next year, let's go. Let's go if to you are if you are listening, I just want to point out that Matt Step and I are absolutely available to be your your food contest judges. Yes, we need to get on on the, on the brisket, this yeah. Texas State brisket championship cook off or whatever they have, Texas barbecue cook off. Mm-hmm. We need to get in on as celebrity judges. On yeah, that. we do. Uh, we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Mm-hmm. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content for nineteen ninety five for the first year, and as an added bonus, Tep and Step is back. Tep and Step is back. Uh, we are doing uh, probably every three to four weeks. We're going to do. Yeah, we're looking like uh, around that. Whatever that. F- uh, I think April the eighth. Eighth, I think so. We're going to do another episode where we uh, are insider high school football podcast, where Matt Step basically spills his guts about uh, all the rumors and rumblings. Of, yeah, of I don't the give office. names on Twitter or anything, but I, I get into a. I'm not, I'm not going to burn burn anybody to the ground sure. on the Step and Step podcast, but there's a little bit more that I'll disclose on there because, you know, we got to take care of our subscribers. And yes. They, they so, should know these things. So become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, TexasFootball.com. Okay. Uh, you had a number of pieces up at TexasFootball.com. A couple of – when was this published? Oh, I just dropped it. When was it published? This January. last one went up January. So this is about a month ago. But it was your top ten – games mm-hmm. of 2018. Mm-hmm. How many games did you go to in 2018? 73, I believe. I think I was 73. I didn't I think Tony Blaylock had like 80. He went to like he went to like 80, I think. He I went think. to but Tony Blaylock, uh, our friend at TXHSFB on Twitter. Yeah. Um he he also went to there were a couple like six-man like jamborees yeah, he went like to. Yeah, like eight games in a weekend. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, no if I just don't cover six-man. I don't cover six-man. I don't cover private schools. They do play great football there. It's just not my bag. So, so just you the went, public schools. You went to seventy six games, seventy three, seventy three games. Yeah, but you you ended up picking your top ten, and it is a mighty, mighty top ten. This is not 10. you did not have to you did not have to, to put in like a spare game to get to ten. Mm-mm. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So let's start with number ten. Number ten, Eastland at Breckenridge. I believe it's the only number. regular season game on on, on the list. Mm. The rest are playoff games. But the regular my regular season schedule, the way I pick games is kind of weird. I will try my best to try to catch teams that I've never seen before or go to a stadium I've never been to before. So that's why if you see me at a random – I think you were giving me – I think I was at like a San Antonio 
it was like San Antonio Clark and San Antonio Marshall on a Saturday Saturday evening, and I was just like, well, there's no other games, and I've never seen these two teams. So sometimes I don't see always great regular season games, mm-hmm. but Eastland Breckenridge was a fantastic, fantastic ball game. Uh, I think Baron Morton, the uh, Eastland mm-hmm. quarterback, just went off, and then, and then oh, by the way, kicked the game winning field goal with like uh, five seconds left in the game. And I will say, Breckenridge's stadium, it is it is definitely one of the coolest venues you will go mm. to. Around the, there's an oil derrick, a working oil derrick, right behind oh. on the school grounds, right behind the press box. Awesome! Uh, it's it's a pretty cool place. It's a really unique stadium. That's number ten on your list of best games of 2019 or 18, rather. Number nine, uh, one of on the schedule, one of the oddest games of the year: San Antonio Brandeis and Brownsville Hannah. Third round playoff game uh, at the Alamo Dome. A third round playoff game, and this game was sensational. Yeah. Uh, maybe a game we didn't expect to be as good as it was. Yeah, you know, I went to the Alamo Dome that, that night for a triple header, and I kind of expected the last game to be a banger, which it was, and it's later on on the list. And I didn't expect this one to be, be a great game, and it, it turned out to be uh, a great one. Hannah, you know, we, we thought Hannah was pretty good, and it turned out they were good. It, this is a Hannah team that beat Amarillo-Tascosa. Mm-hmm. We know how good Tascosa was. So yeah. Hannah was legit. Uh, they jumped out to a 26-7 to lead, and we were all like, man, this is going to be, you know, the Valley's going to be in the fourth round. And, uh, you know, they, they, they let it slip away late. They had a chance to win it late, and uh, a, a big sack by Brandeis' defense kind of kept Hannah from trying a game-winning field goal. But uh, it was a fantastic game, fantastic atmosphere, a, a one-point win for the a very young Brandeis Broncos mm-hmm. team who uh, we picked correctly as a sleeper before the year started, and they went to the fourth round. How about that? Yeah. We, did, we did something right. Yeah. Uh, number eight, the first of three state championship games to make it onto the list. Yeah. Um, Quero and Pleasant Grove. And this is number eight on your list, and I've got to be honest, the more I think about this game, obviously the headline is Jordan Whitting. Absolutely. 100%. But I also think that his unbelievable performance kind of overshadows what was a really, really, really good game, even yeah, if they didn't game. have a Superman. It was a fun fun kind of strategy game, mm-hmm. because, and I thought Cuero's defensive adjustments in the second half were massive because no one had stopped Pleasant Grove's offense pretty much all year. They just kind of marched down the field on just about everyone. Even even in the, the the losses, they moved the ball up and down the field. So Cuero's defense in the second half, I think, held Pleasant Grove to just one touchdown, I believe. So um, really, really uh, great defensive adjustments from the Gobblers. And that was just a fun game and a oh, fun yeah. atmosphere. But uh, here's a note. Pleasant Grove is going to be pretty good next year. That team, uh, that they, team was they were so really young. young. Yeah, and they were beat up by injuries, and they had a couple of kids who moved in that weren't eligible. They're going to be eligible next year. Watch out for Pleasant Grove in 2019. It's going to be – they're going to be – Going a, out on a limb Yeah, there, they're going to be pretty darn good. Okay, uh, number seven on your list, uh, Lubbock, Coronado, and Azel. Yes, that was the game where I got the video of the, of the Coronado <laughs> guy catching the touchdown pass while he was on his back that was tipped at the end of the game. Yes. That was a – a super fun game. Coronado made a, a great comeback late in the game. Uh, they were they were down big in the fourth quarter and, and made a, a great rally uh, to score a touchdown late to take the lead. Azel, Azel goes down, tries a game-winning field goal. It's blocked, and Coronado returns it for a touchdown. You know what the funny story about that game was? Is Azel's kicker was out that game. Oh, my because gosh. Because the week before, he got a concussion uh, on a muff snap. 
and got blocked and got a concussion and wasn't available. So that was – and Azel, I think, missed an extra point earlier in the game. And just – it's, it's just amazing how things, little things like that can make a difference late. Yeah, especially once you get later in the – And by the, the way, class. Abilene Christian Stadium is choice. That is a really hmm. nice FCS I knew that – yeah, I knew that it was – I think they recently renovated it or They built a brand like new stadium yeah, the, on yeah, campus. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, so that is number seven on your list of the ten best games of 2018. Number six, a state semifinal at the Star. Star. Malakoff and Brock. That was a fun game. Yeah. And a game that, going into it, I think that from a pedigree perspective, I think there are a lot of people who are saying, this is Brock's game to lose. They're gonna be, like, Malakoff's a good squad, but, you know, this is a game. But, but Malakoff, I felt like, because I watched a fair amount of this game online, I know you were there, um, Malakoff took the fight to Brock. Yes, they did. They really did. That was a... That was really a game that opened my eyes a lot to Malakoff. And, you know, Brock, this this was kind of their year. I mean, I remember last year after Brock lost to uh, Rockdale in the state title game, you know, we looked at the roster and they thought, Brock's going to be back. They're going to be back in the mm-hmm. state title game with, with all those seniors. And they, they graduated the house. And I actually just wrote Brock's preview for the magazine next year. And they – they're gonna be young. There's, they're gonna be su- now. I'm not gonna say it's a rebuilding year, but they're they lose a lot. They only well, have like three starters. Well, back and total. the funny thing about Brock is Malakoff's got a lot back. Malakoff's. By the way, if you're if you want to like book, uh, if you if you're looking ahead and you say, oh, this is gonna be a title game rematch, Grandview Malakoff has a great chance yeah. to be a, a both those teams yeah. were remarkably. It was a really young. good game last year as well. So, but the thing about Brock though that's interesting is. They basically never had a rebuilding year as as no. a as a varsity program. The their their worst season was losing in the regional final. Like they they've lost in the regional. I think they've been playing football for five years, now? Mm-hmm. and they've never not gone to the regional final. So every year they've been a program, they've won at least three playoff games. That's pretty good. That's number six is Malakoff's win over Brock. Number five, Iowa Park and Glen Rose. Yes. That was a that was a uh, the Iowa Park onside kick game. Yes, they, they, they kicked an they kicked an onside kick, recovered it, and scored a touchdown late in the game uh, to win it. That was right at the end where Iowa Park was debating if they were going to kick a field goal and send it to overtime or go for the win, and they mm-hmm. they uh, kept the foot on the pedal and went for the win and, and and scored a touchdown late to win the game. That was a well, that was a I was so glad that game was indoors because that was that was that weekend. It was the yeah. fourth round weekend. And it was brutally cold outside, and it was rainy mm-hmm. and kind of drizzly. It was like 36 degrees and raining steadily the entire night. So good call getting that game in the star. Uh, number That's number five on the list, I believe. Uh, let me pull this back up. Sorry, I'm trying to. See, number, that's number four, number four Mission the, Veterans Memorial uh, yes. and Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial at the Alamo Dome. I will say this, as, now that it's kind of all said and done, um, this was probably the game that, we that that won the Mr. Texas Football yes. Player of the Year award for Landry. Gilbert. So that was the third game of that triple header. It was the same day as Brandeis and Hannah. So it was a good day of football. Westaco and Lake Travis wasn't so good, but that's okay. Uh, and I remember during that entire game because bef- before that week, that Monday or Tuesday when I was here recording Tep and Step, me, you, Max, and Ish, we all kind of were talking about our finalists for. Uh, Mr. Texas football, and, and we were like, man, let's see what Landry Gilpin does against Corpus Christi Vets. You know, this mm-hmm. is this could be the game that kind of calls it. And throughout the whole game, we were on our Slack chat, mm-hmm. uh, just that y'all were, y'all were asking a lot of questions. How was he looking? And it, every time I'm like, oh, there goes Landry Gilpin, Golly. 17-yard touchdown run. Landry Gilpin, 35-yard touchdown pass. And he's just 
I think he had like 700 yards that game or something. Uh, you probably wrote about it. Let me see. <laughs> it was pretty insane. It was. Uh, it was he a, had 703 yards of total yeah, offense yeah. and seven touchdowns. Yeah, that was the game, the game that pretty much. I mean, and it, Corpus Christi Vets was a great team. Really good team. 0, I think that year, mm-hmm. to, or they were 12 and 0 going into the game. Yeah, and it was a great game. It was a it was a shootout, 62 to 55. It was back and forth. It was a lot of action, and a lot of fun. And I thought it was really cool for me personally, being a. a, a a fan of uh, football in the Rio Grande Valley to see in person a Rio Grande Valley team get to the fourth round of the playoffs was was pretty special and I think David Gilpin gave a pretty epic interview. Ah, uh, uh, yes, he did. Game. He really did. That, that's on TexasFootball.com if you want to search the archives. It's a fun interview. It is uh, number three on this list. There are three games better than that. Uh, number three is pre- maybe you know it's it's weird. I would say maybe the wildest game you saw this year. Maybe not the best. Oh, yes. But the wildest game you saw, number three, San Saba and Celeste. Yes. In a game that, like, we thought could be okay. We but... just went to see San Saba because we were like, oh, we've been talking about the Armadillos for so long. And little did Max and Ish and I know. And, by the way, we ate at a Mexican restaurant in Mineral Wells <laughs> before the game. Good stuff there. Uh, and uh, the Mineral Wells hospitality was great. But this game, I mean, it had, every, it had a little bit of everything, including a two-hour two rain delay. Uh, to start the game, the game didn't kick off till after nine o'clock. Uh, so we watched North Shore and Katie online, thanks to our friends at Texan Live. Um, and then uh, the game itself was a shootout, back and forth the whole way. Um, and then at the end of the game, people don't realize San Saba's quarterback Sean O'Keefe on the game's final play breaks off like a sixty-eight yard run and gets tackled at the one yard oh. line as time expires. And guys, I think he scored. I mean, it was really Ooh. close. Uh, so now, it evened out because San Saba did win in overtime, mm-hmm. but it was double overtime, and it was a fantastic game. And, and, and gosh, we did, I didn't get home. I didn't get home until after 1 o'clock in the morning, and Mineral Wells isn't that far away. So it was, a, it was a long game, but it was it was well worth it. It was a blast. So now we're in the top two, and they just so happen to be the final two games of the season. Yeah. Guys, this doesn't happen. This no. never happens. Uh-huh. Uh, but number two – Longview and Beaumont Westbrook. Yeah, what a game. And again, kind of like the other title game we were talking about. I think that the the drought, the 81-year play uh, it's title drought ending for Longview overshadows what was an unbelievable yes, game. It was a it was a heavyweight fight. Yeah. It was a, a great ball game, physical, um, big plays and then, you know, and then the crowd. I mean, yes. That was the one thing that just the atmosphere cuz cuz we, we're going to talk about Longview's crowd for years and years and how good that – Westbrook brought a great crowd, too. That crowd was well over 40,000. I think that was the most attended game of the weekend, and it was a lot of fun. And I remember at the when, when Longview recovered that fumble uh, at the end to, and then it allowed them to seal the game, I stood up in the press box. Our, our, our booth was, was had an open window, mm-hmm. and so I, I just stood up, and I just told Max and Ish and, and, and all the guys in our booth, just absorb this moment because yeah. it's that moment of that crowd – this gives me chills thinking about it. It was it was I've, unbelievable. I've said before that when when Longview got that fumble with about four minutes left, they were up thirty five thirty four. They get that fumble. That's the loudest I've ever heard that stadium. It was it, it was. It, it gives, I, I get chills thinking about it. Like right now, I've got chills. It was it was one of the. And I'll remember that game and that crowd for the rest of my life. Yes. I mean, that was one of those things. That's once in a lifetime type stuff. So imagine that not being the best game. <laughs> imagine that not being the best game of the year. Okay. Imagine that not being the best game of the day because, of course, the number one game that you saw in 2018 uh, was when um, 
Dallas Madison took on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, because like Sunnyvale, right? Sunnyvale, Madison no. Sunnyvale. No, of course right. it's North Shore and Duncanville. It has to be because, and it, I don't know. There, there's so many things about this game, and in, in, in our in our first Texas football today after the uh, title games, we talked a lot about this game, and and I think I went on forever and ever as I want to do, but going to go on forever and ever about a game. That's the one to go on. And on. The thing about that is that. That game's an instant classic if the game ends with three seconds. Yeah, like if, if if you if you remove the play, if you remove the game-winning hail mary to win a state championship, it's still an unbelievable game and might be number one on this list. Yeah, it was. I mean, that game was a this a showdown of two just just juggernauts. I mean, Murray, we walked, we walked in the field before the game and we were all like, "Man, is this like a conference USA game or something?" Because it was just the size of the players was massive. It was everything big about Texas high school football rolled into one. And you had big plays, big players, big schools, big atmospheres, and then you had the moment, you know, at the end of the mm-hmm. game, which which will, again, live on uh, for me for the rest of my days, for sure. Just one of those things that, you know, you don't get to see very often. And and we saw Longview, Westbrook, and North Shore Duncanville on back-to-back games. That's, I want to... And and by the way, your um, we're, we've we've been really sp- remember we we were thinking at state championships. Oh, we're we're in for a bad year, dude. After after four games, yeah. after four games now, because the first game was um was Strawn's demolition. Yeah, the two six man. Uh, the, the the second six man game was fun, although yeah. it I'll be honest, it never really felt like uh, it was one of those games where McLean kind of always had Milford at arm's, arm's length. length, exactly. Yeah. And then the the two A games, both two A games were kind of stinkers. Bad. Yeah, you know. And then but then it was like pick back up with three A. 3A picked back up because it's two really good 3A games. Uh, 4A D2 was Quero, which was great. 4A D1, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. If it's not your cup of tea, I understand, but it was just two teams taking sledgehammers to each other. And, and no, like, I thought that was a fun game, yeah. I liked it. Um, I enjoyed the game. The Highland Park, or um, next, yeah, no. Alito and Marshall was, was, was a blowout. Yeah. That wasn't very fun. Um, and then Saturday. And then Saturday. Was great. Saturday was great. Park, Manville, uh, Highland Park, Manville. Park, was a good game. Yeah, it was a great game. Better than I think a lot of people in, uh, thought it was going to be. So, but to get spoiled with those final two, it was just, yeah. it was pretty great. We're those pretty are your lucky. top ten um, games. You can see them on TexasFootball.com. You have rats for each of yeah. Okay, let's go to final thoughts. We ran a little long. Sorry. No big deal. Okay, a couple people. Jacob John uh, checking in. Best games I saw, North Shore Duncanville. Duh. Tyvee Alamo Heights. That was a oh, fun yeah, game. Oh, yeah, that was the sh- crazy shootout. That was a high-scoring game as well. Yeah. That was a crazy one. Uh, and Midland Lee, Smithson Valley. Yeah, that was the first game of the year. Midland Lee uh, went to Smithson Valley. That's kind of we were like, all right, Midland Lee. Great point by Deshaun Christopher. And, I, again, these were games that Steph was at, and I don't think you were at this game. Uh, John Tyler and Mesquite Poteet. That was the district championship winning Hail Mary. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. So I would have loved to have been there, but I was not there. So yes. I cannot lie. Terry Adams says that uh, North Shore Duncanville was a thousand times better than the Super Bowl. Uh, I tend to uh, agree. Yes, I would agree. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, Daniel Agnew, hands down. Oh, yeah, North Shore and Duncanville, hands down the best game of the year. I don't think there's really any doubt. Uh, there are other great That's the thing is that I think – Seven of the other ten t- games on this could have an argument in other years to be best game of the year. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, yeah, those those top five, especially top four, for sure. Yes. So it was it was a good year. I, I'm hoping to repeat that in uh, 2019, which I'm already starting to get my schedule together. Another another John Tyler mentioned from Guy Frazier in before the buzzer, Highland Park and John Tyler. That was a crazy game too. Yeah. Poor um, John Tyler. Poor John Tyler. Poor John Tyler. They had it, and you, you literally, if you're going to beat Highland Park, you have to step on their throat, stab them like eight times, <laughs> cut their head off. I mean, you, <laughs> if if you leave, let let them, if you let them off the hook, they're going to make you pay dearly. If you've yeah. ever seen Friday the Thirteenth, 
they are adjacent. Yeah. That's the thing. You just have to you have to make sure they are done. It's a credit to them. Uh, and that is going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Uh, we are going to be off tomorrow, but we will be back on Thursday, perhaps. Is with Max a bringing you ben- Max going to bring you beignets from New Orleans? Uh, I don't know. I didn't ask. Mm. So maybe I'll text him. But that's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Do you want to do the thing? Vince Young, I know you don't have a job right now. Come get your player of the year trophy. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football. No, we'll see you Thursday on Texas Football today. Mm